The Wellness Prescription with Dr. Claudia on 105.9 The Region. Welcome to The Wellness Prescription with Dr. Claudia. I'm Jim Lang. That's right, filling in for Tina Cortez, along with my co-host, you know where you love her, Dr. Claudia. Dr. Claudia, how are you? I'm great, Jim. How are you? Fine, thank you. Thank you so much for coming in and hosting the show with us this week. It's going to be a good one. Uh, We're going to focus on a really important topic that was a real big deal this past month of November. So although today is the 1st of December, we're going to talk about men's health and the whole Movember movement that was really important. Well, we we have to because as look, and I'm a middle aged man, and I know for myself and all my friends, we tend to ignore signs. Oh, it'll go away. Oh, it's okay. I can deal with it. Where women are more in tune with their bodies and more apt to see medical specialists and medical professionals. Hey, something's not right, guys. Like ah, and then sometimes something happens too late. That's right, and that's why Movember actually started. So for the listeners who don't really know what that is, it was something that started a, year, a couple of years back, where it was the month to focus on men's health. And one of the reasons why they did this was because they just found that men did not pay a lot of attention to health concerns that may come up that could be leading to other health issues. Uh, So what is Movember? It's a month where men will grow facial hair, generally a mustache, but you know, facial hair is, is the way to go, to help support the causes of prostate cancer, testicular cancer, and also mental illness. And unfortunately, and I've done some work with some of the people involved with mental illness in York region, for adult men over the age of 35, the problems and the instances of mental health and suicide are alarming. Crazy, crazy. They're ex- they're rising exponentially. So why, why is that? I think because women generally, so there is a difference between men and women. So that's one of the reasons why I want to focus on men's health was because it's really important that men start to take better care of themselves. Now, it's not that women want to take better care of themselves. I, the, the studies do show that the reason why women visit the doctor more frequently is just because they have always have ongoing health issues, right? So it's either post-birth or pre-birth or like pre-menopause, uh, you know, ongoing issues with cycles. So they're always at the doctor's office uh, for those concerns. And then they get sent in for like general diagnostic testing. Whereas men, on the other hand, they will ignore it. Um, there's a little bit, you know, the studies do show there's a little bit of the whole macho thing in there that, oh, I'm fine. I don't need to go to the doctor. When in fact, the studies show that men really do need to visit the doctor more frequently than they do. Now, what should be the frequency of a, an adult male over the age of 40? How often should so, they see the doctor? Honestly, even just scheduling in your yearly physical exam, it's really important because from a physical exam, you get all the proper tests done. So starting with your blood work, blood tells you everything. It's a great place to start to find out if your systems are running properly. I, I have to admit the last time I had my checkup, I, I was talking to my wife and I went, oh, I forgot last year. It's been two years and yeah. and uh, you know, I had to do the blood work and blah, blah, blah and check everything out. And I'm, I'll admit, and I'm sure a lot of guys listening will admit, sometimes there's that fear of a diagnosis. Yes. If I don't go, then I don't know there's anything wrong with me. Right. And, and that is a very valid fear, but we need to cut this off. Like we need to stop it in its tracks because that's the, if you get early diagnosis, you get early treatment, you are able to save lives and live a long and happy, healthy life. For women, um, if they have breast cancer, often they can detect, say, a minor lump in the shower while they're cleaning themselves. 
men can detect something with testicular cancer, but the prostate is difficult to really understand whether or not you have an issue. That's right. And that's one of the reasons because men just don't feel comfortable talking about those things. There are signs. There are signs with prostate cancer that tell you. So if you're starting to have an issue with flow, um, you know, when you're trying to eliminate your, you know, you're having to urinate. Mm-hmm. If you have issues with flow, that's a big deal. You got to deal with it. Nothing to be ashamed of. Not we should be speaking openly about these things. I think about a professional like you, Dr. Claudia, and the Movember movement and trying to bring a shine a light to men's health. Are we moving the needle at all? We are. There are improvements. We noticed that the studies do show that twenty there is a 20% hike in men who are seeking medical attention more frequently. So regular physical exams, going in to see a doctor for a health concern. So it all starts, mental health and mental wellness it seems to be the one where men are actually reaching out a bit more. Uh, we're still working on the whole prostate and testicular thing. I just feel like they're probably topics the men don't feel comfortable talking about and we really have to keep pushing this Movember to help men out with this issue. But but I know for a fact that things like testicular cancer can hit a guy in his early 20s as, as much as in his early 60s. Yep. Yep, you got it. And we know with uh, Lance Armstrong, he was a young, Phil healthy, Kessel. That's right. He- young, healthy men uh, who uh, were, uh, you know, afflicted with this horrible disease. And thank God for them. It was early catching it, catching it early, and then the, the treatment. And I always think, Dr. Claudia, if men internalize so much and they're not going to the doctor on a regular basis and they think something's wrong and they're creating self-anxiety, that's not good for their mental health if they're not getting an answer. Absolutely not. And then they fall into a slight depression and then they kind of withdraw from events and life and they don't talk about things. It's really important to to uh, encourage dialogue between men, among men, and between men and women. And the final point here, this is, that, is kind of shocking. 40% of men do not go to the doctor unless they have a reason. Yep. And it does, and and there we're talking like it has. They feel it has to be a very valid reason, like a big deal, not just like okay, I have a sore on my nose, or I have a. Yeah, we're talking has to be. But a big they'll deal. take their car in every four yes. months to get an oil change, <laughs> but they won't take their body and a car wash. <laughs> when we come back, how the chiropractor and the MD work together to help patients with prostate cancer. This is the Wellness Prescription on 105.9 The Region. Have a question for Dr. Claudia? Call us at 416-335-1059. Tweet us at 1059theregion or email us info at 1059theregion.com. You're listening to 1059 The Region. Welcome back to The Wellness Prescription. I'm Jim Lang sitting in for Tina Cortez along with my co-host, Dr. Claudia. Claudia, we have a room filled a special guest. Absolutely, Jim. And we're so excited to continue our conversation on men's health and focus on prostate cancer and testicular cancer and uh, mental wellness for men. And I'm so excited to have in studio today, Dr. Samir Asad. He is a general physician, has a practice in Woodbridge. And of course, my business partner, my life partner, and the guy who tolerates me every day, my husband, Dr. <laughs> Dominic Galliardi. We got a bunch of all-stars here. Uh, Dr. Dr. Hassan, I'm going to start with you because I, I just had a yearly checkup a few months ago. My doctor informed me that the prostate check has changed and the procedures have changed. So just inform the listeners on some of the Ontario medical practices for checking men's prostate for men over 40, like my category, and what you're looking for now. Basically, as you know, that uh, prostate cancer is, uh, is the most common uh, diagnosed cancer in Canadian uh, men. 
Oh, it's it's the second leading cause of death in in Canada for men over fifty. Oh, I see. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. And I the, thought it would have been more heart cardiovascular related, but it's prostate cancer. In wow. This, in the United States, it's the second common cancer diagnosed in men over fifty after skin cancer. Wow. And it's the sixth leading cause of death. So it's very common, more than we imagine. Mostly, Canadian guidelines uh, recommend diagnosis for uh, PSA, which is a blood test done specifically for prostate cancer, and dish rectal exam over age of fifty. But if somebody has high risk, like, say, African-Americans descent or uh, family history uh, of uh, first uh, degree relative, uh, like your brother, uh, dad, son, even that has been diagnosed with prostate cancer, usually they start at age 45 or 40. Generally, I do in my practice start from 40. If somebody has history, sometimes even I go less than 40, like even in the mid 30s. So when they're doing the checkoffs on your blood uh, requests, your blood samples test requests, I, I get, uh, they have to check my cholesterol, see if I have type 2 diabetes because family history, and then the PSA would be another one they would check? So you, you mean at what age? Uh, like my, I'm in my early 50s. Yeah. So definitely, even before that, like I usually start start from 40 sometimes earlier it's a routine once a year with the general uh, annual checkup we recommend like blood sugar cholesterol liver and so on and prostate PSAs I always recommend my clients to do it uh, whether they have a history or no history hmm. and you see it's at that one year annual physical that that's where I feel like men we need to make men more more aware that you need to have your annual physical because that's where you're gonna find those basic things that will give you clues onto what's going on right that's, and I think uh, dr. Dominic is a chiropractor guy a guy like us, we, we hide stuff all the time. But when you're working on someone, you're like, wait a sec, there's something else wrong with you. You should get this. Maybe someone sees some like Dr. Assad, there's something else. Most you have a problem. Yeah, we, 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 a lot of guys that come in uh, to our office present with, with low back issues. And sometimes it can be prostate cancer or inflamed prostate or enlarged prostate. And so you, you got to sort of through your workup and your assessment, uh, you must have to look beyond just the musculoskeletal component. And so this is where we work uh, very closely with other healthcare, uh, other healthcare prof uh, professionals to sort of refer if it's with uh, not within our scope of practice. Now, I have a question about, I think what I'd like to know is what is a normal value? Like what would be the normal that's PSA level? Question. Yeah, um, th that's actually a very, very good question because there is no really any definite um, a normal number that we can say the patient is absolutely 100% safe. Generally speaking, between 0 to 2.5 uh, nanogram per mil, um, that's usually, I would say, 90% would be safe. Between 2.5 to 4, most men, they don't have prostate cancer. And when it goes from 4 to 10, that's when the risk increase, the possibility uh, or more suspicious that they might have prostate cancer. But it's not just the number, it's the rate of increase too. So even it was 2.5 and that's a low number and suddenly jumped to 3 or 3.5 or 3.7, in, in very short time, the rate of increase is also an important factor. So if a patient presents to you and you have the PSA levels checked and you say, okay, well, it was a little bit elevated, when would you suggest that they come and visit you again? Usually between three to six months okay. uh, to repeat the PSA. And sometimes there is a false uh, positive uh, increase in the PSA, like say if the patient have inflammation in the prostate or was doing uh, cycling or uh, uh, even even having intercourse or any kind of ejaculation before the PSA test can increase the the numbers falsely. Even after a dish rectal exam, that can be falsely increased. Usually, we recommend the men to do the test before any dish rectal exam and to refrain from intercourse at least for a few days or a week. Okay. 
Right. I, I guess the question as, a, as an adult male doctor, Asad, is, is diet. I'm always concerned about as I get older, I got to change my diet, my exercise. Are there foods that can help your prostate? Uh, definitely, uh, like lycopene, for example, in tomato, that's very uh, proven in vegetables, uh, in colorful uh, uh, fruits, is very, very uh, preventive for uh, long-term use uh, against prostate cancer. Uh, also, some foods are, are doing the opposite, are more risky for developing prostate cancer, like high-fat diet in animal uh, fats, uh, refined sugars as well. Uh, that's regarding uh, food. Yeah. And in Dominic's practice, I know I, I often hear conversations about men asking, what can you take? Like, is there supplementation that you would recommend for men to take in order to keep the prostate inflammation down and to keep the PSA levels yeah, up? We, we usually discuss with uh, patients, cell palmetto is a good supplement uh, along with some turmeric. Uh, even rye pollen extract. These are all things that sort of reduce inflammation uh, and sort of even help with uh, better flow of your uh, urination as well as reduce the amount of uh, times you need to go to the bathroom uh, at night. So, but when it comes to supplementation, I also uh, make sure that they, uh, because it's unregulated, uh, and so we usually like to make sure that everyone sort of uh, goes to see their a practitioner, naturopath, physician, just to make sure everything doesn't sort of interact with other supplements that they're taking. Well, I'll start with you, Dr. Dominic. As, as men get older, we probably should change our exercise routine as well to help our bodies. And are, are there certain things that maybe you should avoid and maybe gravitate towards to help out your prostate? Yeah, most definitely. We, we sort of tell people to have a balanced diet is one to uh, an ongoing exercise program and stretching program, which is vital. Uh, in terms of, you know, we always say you got to go to the gym, work out heavy weights, uh, run a marathon. That's not, uh, that's not uh, needed. Uh, I think Harvard released a study indicating that mild to moderate exercises, just as long as you go for your walk, uh, take up ballroom dancing, uh, swimming, and my wife loves that I one. Can't, I can't <laughs> wait. We're going to ballroom dance. <laughs> but just generally being active on a regular basis Most can definitely. really help you. Most definitely. And so, uh, and, and you know, also in addition to that, avoid alcohol and uh, smoking. All of these things play a, an important factor. Now, yeah. what, Dr. Assad, from your standpoint, yeah. when you do detect someone's got an issue with their prostate and it's early, what are your success rates in the Canadian medical community now of, of curing that problem? So, so early detection is very, very crucial for the outcome, and it's really important to detect it in an early stage. Uh, basically, if it's uh, detected in stage one and two, which before the cancer spread beyond the capsule of the prostate gland, uh, the the five year survival rate always almost ninety eight to hundred percent. Wow. Ten year survival rate drop maybe to ninety five percent. And um, 15 years survival almost uh, around 90%. So it is very, very important to detect it in an early stage. And that's great to hear because that means there's there's hope for healing and surviving Absolutely. prostate cancer. It just means that we really do have to keep the dialogue open amongst men mm -hmm. uh, and between men and women, and also with your healthcare practitioners. And one of the things that I always one of the things that I say all the time is you need to have a group of people, a network of healthcare 
healthcare professionals who are going to guide you on your path to optimal health, right? So prevention, discussion, not being shy about what you're feeling, what your symptoms might be, because there are so many people who are dealing with the same health concerns. So I felt like this month was a really important topic. Well, incredibly so. And for for the men that do have a problem and, and the doctors have to remove the prostate for health reasons, how does that affect them? Yeah, um, definitely. Surgery is um, is commonly done in um, in different ways, but the radical prostatectomy, when they remove the whole uh, gland uh, through um, surgery, it has a major risk of sometimes they get erectile dysfunction by injuring the nerves that are uh, responsible for getting erection. Also, urinary incontinence, which is pretty common uh, after surgery as a complication. Um, so uh, that definitely depends on the age and lifestyle and the pre-existing condition of that uh, unfortunate person that will develop cancer. That's right. And that's where um, yeah, patients where, come in. Yeah, yeah. This is where we see the referrals come in in regards to, to other practitioners referring to physiotherapy and chiropractic acupuncture just to help with uh, strengthening the pelvic floor, especially with incontinence and uh, with issues like that after surgery. Yeah. You know, the one thing I'm always confused about, Dr. Dominic, is I, I kind of have an idea. I should see my doctor once here. I never really know how often should I see a chiropractor? Well, we, you know, in crisis care, you know, it sometimes it's a, you know, you, we we sort of see uh, people a couple of times a week uh, just until they stabilize. But I usually say maintenance uh, is is key, mm-hmm. uh, and so a month to a month and a half just to come in, work the muscles, educate you on strengthening uh, exercises. Uh, for uh, stuff like that with pelvic floor strengthening, and then uh, and then just maintain. So I find is, is now that I'm over fifty. There's certain exercises I used to do I can't do anymore. Likewise, and, yeah. And, and, <laughs> so and there's other things I've had to like. I got to change this. I got to maybe run a little more. I can't do that anymore. I'll do this and. You know, the days of heavy weights are over, more body weight exercises, and I'm really concerned about my core and lower back a lot because I'm aware of it. Yeah, and this is what we focus in our office. It's uh, like you were, uh, a lot of people say you go see the chiropractor and it's just adjustments. It's beyond that. It's more rehab. It's more educational. It's sort of stretch, strengthen. That's the focus that we sort of tend to do in our office. And and we sit in front of laptops and computers and at our desks so much it must be more important than ever before to focus in that core and pelvic most definitely and also you know we have a sitting job where it's vital that you get up and walk around and move around and stretch also throughout the day yeah, and we and the great thing is that nowadays it's there's a there's a great communication between physicians, between chiropractors, physiotherapists. Everybody now communicates on helping people live the best life, right? And that's what this is all about. So it's about prevention it, through eating well, living well, proper diagnosis uh, by seeing your doctor, you know, annually at le- at minimum, and then just getting the tools you need to be active forever. I, I just saw a story of a woman in her early 70s who is um, weight training, and she's finding she's helping her health. I mean, as medical professionals, there's no age where you say, oh, you're too old. There's no, no, never too old. Just keep doing it and be active. That's right. It's it's all mental as well, right? Mental health in terms of being strong, both uh, physically but also mentally. And so uh, getting up and, and sort of 
taking that extra step uh, as opposed to, you know, I remember the olden days going to a TV, I used to have to hit a remote button. Yes, and yes. But now, you know, the, the kids uh, from afar are changing channels yeah. on their phones, right? So you can do it from your own phone, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah, it, very important just to have a over general, both active and uh, mental uh, good state of mind. Are, are, Dr. Stuff, from your standpoint, are you, are you still finding it a tough hurdle to deal with men to come to see you on a regular basis? You know, that's a big challenge, and I'd like to bring awareness that physical exam, uh, because most people, they think blood work is good enough uh, if they do it once a year, but they don't need the actual physical. And I have to push uh, 80% of my clients, sometimes even wow. to the extent I that often begging them, they get upset and they, uh, they don't want to come do physicals because they think it's uh, insignificant. And I tell them blood tests cannot diagnose lots of diseases, whether high blood pressure, heart problems, skin cancer. This direct exam is still as important as the PSA that you cannot do just with the blood test. So um, once a year, but the average person, they do physicals once every five years, unfortunately. Oh, wow. uh, that, they, that infrequent? That, yeah. Unfortunately, that's what I find, at least in my practice. And and because if we can get over that and say, hey, the doctor needs to see and touch you sometimes to really know, that could save lives. Yeah, and a lot of uh, male patients also, they uh, they even after they come and they book an appointment for their physical, they still don't want to do the digital rectal exam for them. It's a nightmare. (laughs) I I can sympathize with that, but you know, once and that's why I I stand my ground with dialogue. Like it's it is you know, an experience, but it has to be done. So women are just more open about it because we have other experiences like childbirth and all that. But, you know, this is going to be able to save more lives. And we really have to encourage men to just go through the full physical, get your blood work and just be healthy. Be as active as you can for as long as you can. We we talk a lot about men over 40, but uh, can men under 40 like under 35 get prostate issues? Yes. I, I had actually two cases that was actually less than 35. One was wow. 28 years old and he was diagnosed with prostate cancer. But that's very uncommon. Hmm. Mostly it, it increased by age. That's the main risk factor. As we get older, the more increased risk. But there's no really any age can be safe uh, completely like uh, guaranteed against prostate cancer. I, I, the reason I asked is I know that there's always um, studies in Canadian Health Guide that you know Canadian young Canadians aren't as active as they used to be, and I wonder if yes. that that is playing a factor. Maybe some of these health issues coming at an earlier age. Yeah, like even heart attacks, heart disease in younger ages now it's more common than we have seen before for the same reasons. Uh, stress increase and also lack of exercise. There is a huge. Uh, link between obesity and waist circumference increase to the risk of developing prostate cancer as well. Is that an issue for you, Dr. Dominic? As a yeah. chiropractor, you're seeing younger people come in and say, oh, my back hurts, but then they have overall health and weight issues? Most definitely. Uh, they're less active these days. Uh, you know, the the always on their on their devices. Uh, you know, as kids growing up, you know, we used to play on the streets, play hockey all the time. And just get yelled by your mom and, to come yeah, in. Yeah, eat. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Just show and up then, when the sun comes. And, and yeah. now everything is, is uh, you know, it's a chore to just get these kids out and be active, right? So even just to say, hey, take a 20, 30 minute walk every day is a chore to tell Most them Most definitely. Yeah. They'd rather stay on their devices, uh, which is sad to see. Uh, and we, we see a lot of uh, kids in our practice that are in the ages of uh, five all the way to 18, 19 that uh, constantly have back issues and, and headaches and uh, eyesight Pre-teens? issues. Pre-teens? Pre-teens. Yes. That's, I, I'm staggered by that. Yeah, it's, it's incredible. Where when we started practicing, it was more of the older. But as we 
you know, been in practice now 18 years, we're seeing more and more of the younger generation. I think a lot of it has to do with nutrition, right? So yes. a lot of people are eating more processed foods. Uh, we're developing a lot more food sensitivities because of it. So there's a lot of MSG in products yeah. that is causing like headaches and there's a lot of side effects to those things. And that's why I think we're seeing an incidence in, an increased incidence in so many different diseases because we're generally, our organs aren't operating at optimum. See, and I always associated this with something, oh, that's an American problem because of their diet, so much fast food, and you see weight problems. But now I find it, it's creeping into Canada. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. We, we, uh, you see this everywhere now. I think it's just uh, all over the world in terms of uh, obesity uh, on the rise. How do we get the word out, Dr. Assad, that, we, that this can't go on because it's not good for not just you as a person, but a Canadian society in the healthcare industry? Yeah, you know, the, the Canadian weather uh, also is a big factor like uh, to do outdoor activities and uh, instead of playing outside uh, or even in your backyard, you're just watching TV or on your electronics. So that's a major factor, unfortunately, we cannot do much about, but at least uh, we can compensate with regular exercise and um, um, uh, basically... Um, um, every uh, statistic shows that every three minutes, somebody in Canada, one of men over 50 or could be younger, develop uh, prostate cancer. One in nine men, they get uh, prostate cancer. Um, and definitely it's more than what we can imagine. And activity and exercise is a primary factor to prevent uh, any kind of cancer and particularly prostate cancer. So it doesn't sound very complicated, ladies and gentlemen, that if you are fairly active, not intensely active, but just moderately active on a regular basis and eat a balanced diet, that you should be okay. Yep, that's the key. That is it, yeah. And I think that's uh, moving forward, uh, that's something that all practitioners should reinforce. Uh, I, I actually had a patient uh, the other day who... Uh, you know, uh, has a history of prostate cancer, and and I say, you know, you should get you should get that checked out. And he goes, well, I haven't really had blood work here. We're going back to the blood work in in years. And but you know what? A lot of people uh, tell me, Dominic, that if I don't have weight loss and if I don't have red flags like fevers, mm. I'm okay. But I, I don't, Doctor Sud. I'm not sure if you see that. Yeah. I never see that in no. terms of those red flags. I agree with no. Doctor Dominic hundred uh, percent. There is no really in the most of in the beginning. There is no any. Symptoms or warning signs for prostate cancer, so you cannot rely on symptomatology only. Some symptoms can develop later, but could be also for non-cancerous uh, situations or uh, like benign prostatic enlargement or even inflammation in the prostate prostatitis. Those will give same symptoms like prostate cancer, so you cannot rely on just symptoms. And is that the danger of something like WebMD? Well, oh, I looked it up, I'm fine because <laughs> you know, you know, I'm sure you guys do that all the time. I was on the internet, I'm okay. Yeah, <laughs> that, that, that's that's very challenging. The internet uh, and Google is a very, very excellent tool for knowledge, but uh, unfortunately it's, it's abused and misused by most of the patients. They think they could be have information good enough to diagnose themselves. And I think it has a negative uh, part bigger than the positive part of it. So it's good to read and good to, to, to research, but you have to come to discuss with a professional uh, before you assume or uh, things. No, I'm sure, Dr. Dominic, same thing for you. Go, oh, well, I was looking online, and I, I thought maybe I'd come see you. And you're like, whoa, oh, you take a look at their neck, and what's going on? Exactly. We, we get this all the time. It's like, oh, you know, you know, I was at home. I had this pain here and there, and, I, I, you know, and usually at the end of those, it, me, you only see death. 
right? Yeah. yeah I think I'm going to die. <laughs> Google and, tells and, you you're dead. <laughs> yeah. So, so I sort of say, like Dr. Assad alluded, it, it's educational, but it's not the end-all be-all. You definitely need to go to a healthcare professional to get this looked at. And Dr. Claudia, you mentioned earlier about the problems with mental health for men and suicide rates for men. And men think they can figure out on themselves if they would just go see someone yeah. instead of trying to sit there and stress and worry about it. That would help as well. That is, I think that's the key. I think just talking about their concerns, talking about something that may come up and just, you know, because women are different. We'll have coffee, we chit chat, we call each other. Oh my God, this happened. But guys don't do that. It's either they're playing sports or they're having a beer together. It's always about fun talk, interesting discussions, never about health. So we need to improve that conversation. And how do we do that? I just think we start talking more about it. I think we get professional men like these two to get out there and tell their clients, their patients, their friends, their family, don't be shy. Just talk. It's bringing more awareness, as Dr. Claudia just mentioned, and uh, uh, talking about it. And the best time, I I believe, in the annual physical exam appointment, that would be when all those things come up to screen for prostate, colon cancer, whatever other issues too. But patients who don't come for uh, for their physical, I think they they, they jeopardize their life and uh, not to be checked. Right. It's not worth it. Like yeah. it's just not worth it. If you can, if yeah. your success rates are that high, if you check yeah. it early, it's why risk? Absolutely. The other challenge too, uh, which might be off topic, is the cost. Like because it's not covered by the OHIP, you have to pay a fee for it. So it's a lot ah, of time. It's a financial mm-hmm. uh, issue, and a lot of patients refuse to pay. And then they don't, even after I order and I give them the requisition, they end up not doing it because they don't want to pay $35. So even if they can afford it, out of principle, they don't pay. Yeah, because they say it's a, they might think it's a waste of money, why they should pay for it, and they just don't do it. <laughs> I think you can't place a price tag on your health. Oh, that's true. <laughs> no <laughs> right? kidding. We make money, but yeah. we cannot. Uh, that's right. Yeah. We spend money on yeah. things that are sometimes frivolous when you you refuse to spend money on your health. That's another issue. That's another topic for another day. Uh, just before <laughs> we say goodbye, <laughs> yes. Dr. Claudia, please remind all our listeners right now how to connect with you directly and these excellent gentlemen that have been our guests. So to connect with me is very simple. Instagram, it's at Claudia underscore Machiella or our combined website, mine and Dr. Galliardi's is www.thecenterforhealth.ca and Dr. Assad where can we reach you? So uh, basically uh, my uh, I have uh, my uh, email and website um, we have a website it's uh, drsamirassad.ca and uh, any questions and uh, it has all my contact information including address and phone and social media as well. That's perfect. Thank you so much everybody for being part of this. I learned a lot today. If you miss any part of the wellness prescription, please go to our website 1059theregion.com to our podcast page. I'm Jim Lang. Join me again tomorrow morning on 1059 of the Region. Thank you everybody. Connect with us on Twitter at 1059 the Region or call 416-335-1059 or email info at 1059theregion.com. This is 1059 The Region.